0: The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. (laughs) The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by Martha Tilton and the King's Men, and music by Billy Mills. The show opens with the National Emblem March. I heard an officer of the Red Cross speak last night. He was asking for money. He said in part that it was customary these days to request for help with an apology, but that he wasn't making any apology. Neither are we. The Red Cross needs $50 million, urgently and immediately. Now, for 130 million people, that's the price of a few cigars or a lipstick. The Red Cross is always ready to help in times of war and disaster. And from now on, the demands upon them will be great. But we are a great nation. So let's give till it hurts. Of 79 Wistful Vista is not one to squander a buck and a quarter for a Christmas tree when he can drive out to the woods and chop down his own. No, sir. (laughs) And here, driving up to the house, frostbitten but triumphant, we find that lumberjack who saves Jack on his lumber, (laughs) Fibber of Fibber McGee and Molly.
1: get them brakes fixed. Boy, am I cold. Well, come on, Christmas tree, come to Papa. You got a new home.
2: Oh. McGee, you're getting snow all over the hall. Why didn't you stamp your feet?
1: Why should I stamp my feet? I ain't mad at anybody. Besides, they're so cold, I'm just walking from memory.
2: Oh. Here, you poor lad. Let me take your coat and your mittens.
1: <sighs> Thanks, Molly. Hey, take a gander at that tree, will you? Ain't she a whopper?
2: Heavenly days, it certainly is. Yeah,
1: it was the pick of the whole woods, Molly. I had to fight off 20 other guys to get it, too. They all wanted it.
2: Oh, did you actually fight for it, dearie?
1: Oh, it didn't come down to an actual brawl, no. One guy ups to me and says, that's my tree, shorty. And I says, yeah, I says, tossing my hatchet up in the air and catching it by the handle. <laughs> <laughs> get it, I says. You don't need this tree for last Christmas, I says. And he says, what do you mean last Christmas? Well, I says, sinister-like, <laughs> advancing toward him with a nasty look. You lay a blade on that balsam bud, and last Christmas was your last Christmas.
2: <laughs> ah, good for you, McGee. Did he go away then?
1: No. Started swinging his axe at me. (laughs) And just then I noticed that this tree, which was a little farther along and was even bigger and better. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I just sneered and walked away. Double
2: time. Well, it certainly is a big one. What do we do with it after Christmas? Hollow it out and make a canoe?
1: Shucks, now, Molly, just because. What took you
2: so long to get it home? You know, you've been gone six hours.
1: Well, I had a blowout on the way back and had to stop and buy a new secondhand tire. Oh. cost me seven bucks. Oh.
2: Where's the hatchet?
1: I lost it in the snow, but I know just where it is, and next spring when the snow melts, I'll get... Oh, my gosh.
2: What's that? Oh, it's that window in the dining room. I opened it because it was so hot in here, and it won't stay open.
1: Oh. Well, I'll fix it when I get time. By the way, what time is it?
2: It's after four. Why?
1: Where's your wristwatch? Well, I took it off to chop this tree down and forgot all about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Then when I went back to look for it, it had snowed some more and covered it up.
2: Well, that's fine. A $30 wristwatch, a $2 hatchet, and a $7 tie. $39 for a 98-cent Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, happy Yule Tide.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't want one of those measly little moth eaten shrubs they're selling downtown. When I want a tree, I want a tree, not a bouquet.
0: Come in.
2: Hello, Mayor Latrivia.
0: Ah, good day, Mrs. McGee. I say, McGee. Yes? About that job you wanted in the city hall. I'm still working on it, but I'll have to have a little information.
2: Well, tell the nice mayor what he wants to know, dearie.
0: Okay. Dig me, (laughs) Latriv. Well, first, can you dominate people? Can you let the ones in that you really want to see and shut the rest out? Absolutely. Another thing, McGee, can you stand it physically? To be mauled by crowds of people all asking you questions. Can you ignore the whispers behind your back? Can you give orders in a loud tone of authority? Boy, can I. Listen to this,
1: Trev. All right, folks. As captain of the detective force of Wistful Vista, I order you to make
3: way there.
0: Stand back, everybody. The oh, police. Uh, <clears throat> this wouldn't be a police job, McGee. Oh. But one of the elevator operators has just been drafted, and I've suggested you. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know later. Good day.
1: Why, that small-minded boat grabbing baby kissing. Now, <laughs> now,
2: now. No. Never mind that now. See, uh. Uh, Where should we place this tree, McGee? I don't know. Where do you think? Well, offhand, dearie, I'd say it was a toss-up between the Grand Canyon and Death Valley.
1: (laughs) Shucks, I told you I got to trim it down a little. Get me a hatchet, will you?
2: The hatchet, dear boy, according to your official communique... Yeah. (laughs) ...is at present sleeping its edge off under a snowdrift 18 miles north of town. Yeah, well, we got a saw, haven't we? Not a very good one. It's all bent. Who bent it? You did. Huh? After you saw that vaudeville act at the B S U U last uh, October, you tried to play phony boy on it, remember?
1: <laughs> well, I guess it'll still work. Say, it's awful hot in here.
2: Yes, it is. I'll open that dining room window again. Okay. The thermostat on the furnace is out of order, and I've got
1: the other tree. Boy, am I tired. Ah, but what a tree. Why, this will give us enough kindling wood for all summer. Except that we don't need any kindling wood in the summer.
2: <laughs> and, McGee, I just thought of something. What's that? This tree is so big, our little ornaments are going to look awful silly on it.
1: Yeah, I never thought of that. I'd better order a bigger assortment of ornaments. Now hand me the phone, will you? Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the wistful Vista Novelty and Day. De- oh, oh, is that you, Mert? No. <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? Huh? Who? Your niece. Somebody grabbed her and kissed her during the blackout.
2: Oh, <laughs> heavenly days, McGee. Does she know who it was?
1: She'll recognize him when she sees him. <laughs> He'll have lipstick all over his face, neck, and shirt front. <laughs>
2: From just one kiss?
1: What do you mean, one kiss? That blackout lasted three hours. (laughs) What say, Mert? Okay, I'll call him later. Hey, did you get me the saw, Molly?
2: Here it is, dearie. And now don't get sawdust all over my floor.
1: Why not? It'll make Uncle Dennis feel at home. (laughs) (laughs) See, I guess I better take a couple of feet off of the bottom first.
2: Yes, and trim out a hundred or so branches. Tarzan or somebody might be hiding in there. (laughs) Who? Tarzan. Who? I said Tarzan. Who? Oh, stop it, McGee. That's I didn't
1: say awesome. anything. You says Tarzan. Who? Tarzan!
2: Who are you shouting at? Who? Who? <laughs> hey, what the... McGee, it's an owl. He's in that tree. Huh? Look, up on the fourth branch. Oh, my
1: gosh. Oh, my gosh. Shake the tree, Molly. Open the door and we'll shoot him out. Ooh, You! <laughs> Come on, get out of that, you big buzzard. Go on, scram! Take hey. it harder, McGee. There he goes. Chase him,
2: Molly. Chase him this way. Put out, put out, put out to the table. Catch he him toward the door, Molly. Wave your hand. I am waving my hand. Shoo, scat, go away, birdie. He won't even look at me, McGee. Well,
1: I don't see good in the daytime.
2: Well, what do you expect me to do, buy him some glasses? Hey. Ooh. There he goes. Go on. Beat it. Scram. woo <laughs> woo Thank goodness. Those things give me the creeps. <laughs> me too. Though
1: I will say it was decent of him to back up my judgment.
2: <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: Well, owls are wise birds, and we both picked out the same tree. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get it, Molly? I says owls hey, are.
2: Funny, McGee. Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> but I've been hooted at enough for one day. Hand me the saw again. Thanks.
2: Now. Hello there, daughter. How's about? Hey, what you got there, Johnny? Christmas tree? Oh, no. (laughs) We buy our firewood on the hook, Mr. Oldtimer.
1: What's on your mind besides that Daniel Boone cap, Oldtimer? Just wanted to know if you could come out and play. Some of us
2: kids are building a snow fort in that vacant lot up on the corner. Having a peck of fun. No, thank you. We've got work to do, Mr. Oldtimer. I'm afraid you left a romp in the snow without us.
4: Oh, gee, kids, come on. (laughs)
5: We wanted to choose up sides and play yanks and japs. Only nobody wants to be a jap.
1: <laughs> well, we haven't got time to play now, old-timer. i got to trim this tree before... It... Then you got a corncob pipe we can have, Johnny.
2: I built a big snowman, and I want to put a pipe in his mouth. Oh, give him a cigarette. Yeah,
1: and put a sign on him. Something new has been added. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I heard it. Oh, dear. The way I
2: heard it... What was that? Oh, it's just the dining room window, Mr. Oldtimer. It won't stay open. He? Oh, well, <clears> the <throat> way I hear it, one feller says, Telefeller, say, he says,
0: why does Hitler make all his speeches from a beer garden? Well,
1: says Telefeller, that's so when he starts foaming at the mouth, nobody will notice it. <laughs>
0: Arthur Tilton sings Thank Your Lucky Stars and Stripes.
4: If you live right If you get to sleep at night You can thank your lucky stars and stripes If you feel free there's sugar in your tea you can thank your lucky stars and stripes keen heat and ham and eggs and hayrides and cider kegs if you like the good old yankee way so say so if you can sing and believe in anything you can thank your lucky stars and stripes It here, don't you think this country is swell? Do you want to cheer? Ring the Liberty Bell. Well, if life is gay, if there's fun on Dollar Day, you can thank your lucky stars and stripes. If you can joke. And enjoy an artichoke. You can thank your lucky stars and stripes, time stores, and Bobby pins and hot dogs and Mickey Finns. If you like the way we go about it, shout it. If you can sing and believe in anything, you can thank your lucky.
1: Cut down the old pine tree And they hauled it away to the mill To make a nice Christmas tree Just for Molly and me
2: Goodness sakes, do you have to sing with your sawing?
1: No, I don't have to, but it helps Hey, how does it look now, Molly? Beginning to shape up pretty good, eh?
2: Yes, if you like that shape (laughs) It's pretty lopsided
1: It is? Where? Oh, oh yeah Sure Well, I can trim that side off a little more that's a good thing I got a big tree to start with, you know what?
2: Well yeah. listen now, try and be a little quieter. Uncle Dennis is upstairs taking a nap.
1: That guy's always taking a nap. And I just found out why he wanted that old brass bed brought down from the attic, too. Why? Right. Well, I peeked in on him the other morning, and there he was, sound asleep, with one foot on the brass foot rail and a happy smile on his pretty little face.
2: <laughs> now, now, let's not start on poor Uncle Dennis uh, again. He's a gentleman and a scholar.
1: He ought to be a scholar. He's had more teachers than anybody I ever knew. Oh, well, oh I cut down the old
2: pine tree and I hauled it away in my car. McGee, uh, there's somebody at the door. Who? I don't know. Let me peek. Oh, it's Mrs. Uppington.
1: Oh, not the Mrs. Uppington, the choicest crumb in our upper crust.
3: Yes.
2: And wearing a hat that was made in a hurry by a cross-eyed milliner wearing boxing gloves. <laughs> Come in, Abigail, darling. <laughs>
4: you do, my dear,
2: and Mr. McGee. Hi, Uppy. <laughs> Please excuse the mess in here, Abigail. McGee is trimming the Christmas tree. Oh, how fascinating. I simply adore the scent of freshly cut lumber, really. It's so invigorating and so, so outdoorsy, eh, you might say.
1: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I might say that if I carried my handkerchief in my sleeve. <laughs>
2: I didn't know you were such a lover of the great open spaces, Abigail. Oh, my dear. I used to simply spend all my time at my hunting lodge in Maine. <laughs> Roughing it, you know.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ever hunt any, moose. McGee. <laughs>
2: Watch your commas, dearie. <laughs> well, did you, Uppy? Oh, no, no. I was never much of a nimrod, Mr. McGee. Oh. <laughs> we called it a hunting lodge because we were always hunting a paw for bridge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, but you really ran wild up there, uh. Uppy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't pay any attention to him, Abigail. You know, he thinks he's a great woodsman because he shot a bear in Alaska last summer.
1: Well, that was something. If you ever walked through a dark forest with, with the feeling that something. something was creeping up on you, Ready to pounce any minute, and suddenly. Wow!
2: Help! He got me! Shoot him! Take it easy, McGee. Huh? Take it easy. Oh. It's just the window in the dining room. Oh. It won't stay open, Abigail. But say, where did you get that hat? I haven't been able to take my eyes off it.
5: Oh, do you like it, my dear? She
1: didn't say that. <laughs> He just says she couldn't take her eyes off
2: of it. I tell you, it's just darling, Abigail. Oh, I'm so glad. That's exactly why I dropped over today, my dear. To see if you liked it. (laughs) Uh,
4: Do you, Mr. McGee?
1: Well, confidentially, Eppie. Since I'm a plain-spoken man, I think think it's the worst monstrosity ever placed on a human head. Oh. It would make a Zulu medicine man swallow his spear. (laughs)
2: I'm a success. What? I just said to myself, if Mr. McGee likes it, I will simply have to give it to my cook. That man has less taste than a nightclub salad. Thank
3: you, Mr. McGee. (laughs)
1: That old flounder. (laughs) So I haven't got any taste, haven't I? Not
2: in hats, dearie. Uh, When it comes to fashions, you'd better just do one thing. What's that? Saw wood.
1: Huh? Oh. Okay. I got needles galore sprinkled over the floor in the shade of the old pine tree.
2: Hey, Molly. How does she look now? Well, it looks better, McGee. At yeah. least we can get in the same room with it. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you'll trim some more off the far side there. Okay, I'll... Oh, hi, Harlow.
0: Hello, Fibber. Hello, Molly.
1: Hello,
2: Mr. Wilcox. Won't you come in and get some sawdust all over your clothes?
1: <laughs> Say, what goes on here, anyway? I went out and cut down my own Christmas tree, Harlow. Now i got to shorten the sleeves on it a little.
0: <laughs> well, you sure got the room in a mess, pal. You've got enough loose branches around here to bed down a rhinoceros. Well, lie down and we'll try to make you comfortable. <laughs>
2: Very funny, McGee. But what can we do for you, Mr. Wilcox?
0: Well, it's like this, Molly. I'm a little worried about the greeting cards I ordered this year. I'm afraid the sentiment is a little too flowery.
2: Well, read one to us, Mr. Wilcox. Though, personally, I don't think a greeting card could be too flowery.
1: Why, certainly not. Let them drip, I always says.
0: Well, read the blurb, Waxy. (laughs) All right, it reads, The season's greetings to you, my friend, from the Johnson Self-Polishing Glow Coat Man. I hope that in nineteen forty two and forty-three and forty four and forty-five and forty-six, you'll remember all those little tricks (laughs) I showed you about saving time and dough by using glow coat on your flow. On your flow. Well, shut
3: my mouth on
2: it, child. You shut it, dearie. Continue, Mr. Wilcox.
0: How it saves your linoleum and keeps it clean with a lovely gloss and a dandy sheen. Eliminates rubbing and buffing, too, and in twenty minutes or less you're through. Just pour some out and spread it around and let it dry, and then you've found the color and pattern have come to life. And so have you, your husband's wife. <laughs>
1: oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> your
0: husband's wife.
1: <laughs> if that ain't the corny.
0: Hey, what's that noise? That was Longfellow turning over, Harlow.
2: <laughs> Now, it was the dining room window falling down again, but go ahead, Mr. Wilcox.
0: Well, there isn't much more, Fine. but it goes the best of wishes I send to you from me and S.C. Johnson & Son Incorporated, too. Well, what do you think of it? Okay, okay. I'll get something else. <laughs> Naive
1: character, isn't he, Molly? How naive? Oh, I was talking to him one day, and he looks all around to see if anybody was listening, and then whispers to me that Santa Claus didn't really live at the North Pole. He said he really lived in Racine, Wisconsin.
2: Say, that tree's getting awfully small, McGee. Better not trim it much more. Uh, I know,
1: but I decided that it would look a lot better up on the piano.
2: Well, that'll be nice. Then it'll be out of the way. Yeah,
1: that's
2: right. I'll go out and fix that dining room window. Okay.
1: Oh, I cut down the old pine tree Because the
2: ones at the store were not free
1: I told the man at the store There's a
2: knock at the door. I wonder who that could be. Come in. Oh, hello, Mr. Wimple.
5: Hello, Mrs. McGee. (laughs) How are you today, Mr. McGee? Fit as a
1: fiddle and ready to play humorous, Wimp. Shrimp, what's it with you?
5: I just dropped in to say goodbye for a couple of weeks, is all. Oh. I'm spending the holidays in Chicago with Mama and Papa. Oh.
2: Is your wife going with you,
5: Mr. Wimple? Who, sweetie face? Uh huh. No, she has to stay here and knit.
1: Knit? Can't she knit on the train?
5: Not so good, Mr. McGee. Oh. She broke three ribs wrestling with a policeman, and the doctor says she'll knit much better at home.
2: Well, what on earth was she doing wrestling with a policeman?
5: Oh, she is the instructor at the police gymnasium, Mrs. (laughs) McGee. The whole force is just crazy to study with her. At least, I think they are. (laughs) I'll
1: bet you'll miss her, Wimple.
5: How much? How much will you miss her? No, how much will you bet? (laughs) Oh, I... I shouldn't say that, I suppose. Sweetie Face is really a wonderful woman at heart, if any, and I doubt it.
1: Well, we'll call on her while you're gone, Wimple, and see if there's
2: anything we can do. Yes, we might take her some fruit or something.
5: Oh, I wouldn't advise it, Mrs. McGee. Last time Sweetie Face was sick, some people took her some flowers and she threw them in their faces. Oh, don't she like flowers? Yes, she loves flowers. But she hates people. <laughs> well, goodbye, folks, and Merry Christmas. And
1: you.
0: The King's Men sing Coming Through the ride. If a body...
4: Oh. If a body kiss, a body need a body cry Now everyone must have a
3: loving lassie But they say that the lassie's always pass me by
4: Yet all the girls, they smile at me Coming through the ride a body, a body, coming through the rye. If a body kiss, a body,
3: the body cry. Every little laddie has a bonny little lassie, but may they say, hey, aye. yet. All we lads and lassies get together in
0: the heather when we're coming. But we're coming through the rye.
1: What are you sounding now?
2: McGee, haven't you got that tree
1: fixed yet? No, it won't be long now, Molly. Anyway, I hope not. This saw is getting duller than a bus trip to Bloomington.
2: (laughs) Well, is it still awfully hot in here, McGee?
1: You're asking the wrong man, Mrs. McGee. I'd be hot right now if I was up to my clavicle in ice cubes. This is a warm work.
2: Well, (laughs) I hate to keep that dining room window open, but the thermostat on the furnace simply won't work. Say... Have you been monkeying with that, McGee? Who, me? Yes, you. With the thermostat? Yes.
1: Why should I have been monkeying with the thermostat?
2: That's what I want to know.
1: Heck, I don't know anything about a thermostat.
2: I know that, too, but did you monkey with it? (laughs) When? Anytime.
1: Well, say, I did kind of tinker with it last night at that.
2: Uh Oh, Uh now it comes out. And just what did you do to it, mastermind? (laughs) Well, I was walking
1: past it with a screwdriver in my hand, and the screwdriver caught in one of the little screws, and the first thing I knew, I had it all apart.
3: (laughs) Wonderful
1: little gadget, too.
2: McGee, I don't know what I'm going to do with you.
1: That's a coincidence, Molly. I don't know what I'm going to do with this little dingus I took out of it, either. I couldn't find any way to get it back in there.
2: Well, why didn't you tell me so I could call the furnace man?
1: Well, oh, I was going to fix it myself when I got time. I'm pretty ingenious with mechanical stuff. You know that.
2: Oh, sure. What happened when you fixed my percolator? What you mean? It throws coffee across the room like a fire extinguisher. <laughs> and my electric toaster. Oh, well. I have to fix breakfast wearing a catcher's mitt. <laughs> Oh, well. No
1: machine is perfect. As soon as I finish with this tree, I'll fix it. Stop a while and listen to my... Well, you boy. go ahead and I'll uh, go open that
2: dining room window.
1: Okay. That's just... oh, for the... Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hi, sis.
6: What you doing? What you?
1: Sis, I'm currently engaged in giving this deposed monarch of the forest a cross-cut massage. Well,
6: uh, hmm?
1: <laughs> I says I'm doing a little whittling on this Christmas tree. Look, do you always drink your milk like a good girl?
6: Sure, I do, I bet
1: you. Why? Well, you better, that's all. Take a look at this saw. <laughs> Only three years old, and its teeth are all shot. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you.
6: Okay, mister.
1: I wish you wouldn't bother me anymore. Now, i got to finish this job and get the sawdust swept out.
6: Gee, you know it smells dandy in
1: here. <laughs> sure it does. Mm-hmm. No nicer smell in the world than a cedar tree. It's one of nature's lures to get us out into the great outdoors.
6: Gee, is it honest, Mister?
1: Sure it is. You got to realize, sis, that there's a reason for everything in nature.
6: Oh, what's nature's reason for spinach, huh?
1: <laughs> Why, sis? Do you mean to stand there with your little arms sticking out of your shoulders and tell me you don't know that?
6: Yes, I don't. I bet you.
1: Why, nature gave us spinach so we could have Popeye.
6: Oh, gee, I guess I never thought of that, Mister. <laughs> nature is wonderful, isn't he?
1: She. Hmm? Nature, sis, is always referred to as she. Why? Well, because... Oh, boy, here's my chance to make Reader's Digest. (laughs) Sis, nature is called she because it's so inconsistent, unstable, unpredictable, beautiful, mean, gorgeous, appealing, nasty, and nobody yet has ever understood her.
6: (laughs) You think the Reader's Digest would like
1: that? Well, don't you?
6: The name of the magazine, mister, is Digest, not Heartburn.
3: So long now. That's
1: the last time I ever tried to explain something to her, if I'm smart. Oh, wait. oh Aha. Now we're getting someplace. Now to cut her down on the sides. Now, trim the ends a little bit. Let's get her off
2: there. There. Oh, heavenly days, there goes that window again. You don't have
1: to worry about it anymore, Molly. Here, here's a nice stick I made for you to prop it up with.
2: Oh, fine, dearie. Just the thing. Thank you.
1: Oh, forget it. It's nothing that any red blooded American boy can do. Say, it was
2: very thoughtful of you now, McGee. (laughs) Say, what became of the Christmas tree?
1: (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I got her trimmed down a little too fine. Well, that's that, I guess. Now
3: to go to work on that thermostat. No,
1: no, don't do (laughs) it! Folks, day after day and night after night on this program and others for the past two weeks, you've heard urgent requests to buy defense bonds and defense stamps. It's getting a little repetitious, isn't it? Well, it's going to get more repetitious. We're going to say it again and often and loud... This is not an invitation to a tea party or a bingo game. This is war, and we've got to do something about it. It's going to cost a lot of money to win it, but it would cost a lot more than mere money to lose it. Now, don't wait for somebody to come to your door selling bonds and stamps. Get down to your bank or post office and lay it on the line. This isn't the other fellow's fight. It's, it's yours and mine. So here it is again. Buy defense bonds and defense stamps.
2: Yes, and if you live in Canada, buy war savings certificates or victory bonds. Good night. Good night, all.
0: This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night.